1: talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? i tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man.
2: We're living in a material world, and I am a material girl. Or boy.
0: Well, what
1: about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Oh, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke, don't do
0: If shit. I had a million... <laughs> One
3: well, back, Dr. to jack sometime out. We have Andrew with us on uh, the board. Um, we have the S and P futures. We got a uh, muted, kind of muted morning here. With the S P futures up two, Nasdaq futures down fourteen. Dow up one thirty eight. We got a couple of bank stocks up because of, the, of earnings. Man, I'm I'm stunned. They have great earnings. Uh, very interesting world we're in. Do we have Mr. Kevin? Good
4: morning. You do what? uh and I'm not. I'm
3: not having a muted morning. I'm just having a morning. There you go. Um, so uh, it didn't take long. Biden administration forgives 39 billion student debt for more than 800 thousand. How the hell they do that after, after the
4: after they lost the thing last week? It, this is so damn lawless. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's it, it's just incredible. And the thing is, you know, they they in the, as they do it, they like to tell sob stories. But it, they're not helping poor people. Poor people are going, you know, they, they have grant money, not debts. <laughs> you know, they, um, they're not acu- They're not the ones accumulating debt. This is this is very much for, you know, the upper middle class kids who are doing
3: it. Well, they, they say here the relief is the result of fixes to the student loan system's income-driven repayment plans. Under those repayment plans, borrowers get any remaining debt canceled by the government after they've made payments for 20 to 25 years, depending on when they borrowed and and they're loaning in a plan type. Um, the past payments that should have moved to borrow closer to being debt-free were not accounted for according to the administration. Uh, this, this is probably true, actually, for far too... Oh, it,
4: it may be true, Tom, ex- and, and if they haven't been since the bill passed, then they should correct it. They, sh- they should do the accounting properly. My bet is that they're talking about past debts from before the bill passed.
3: Uh, for far too long, Bowers fell through the cracks of a broken system that failed to keep accurate track of their progress towards forgiveness. A broken system?
4: Whose system is it? Well, it's
3: been screwed up for how
4: many years? No, 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 uh, no. Whose whose system is the current one? Whose is the current broken system? Uh, the government's. Yeah, which government, which which administration, and which Congress passed it? I have no idea. Who
3: were when Obama, it it?
4: Obama and Joe Biden.
3: When did student debt start?
4: student debt's been around forever, but they, they took it over as a, as a government function uh, during the Obama administration. They passed a, a whole package of student debt, debt legislation. Now, when you go into debt, you go into debt to the government, and it is not dischargeable in bankruptcy.
3: Uh, to bring people over the line for forgiveness, the Biden administration counted payments for borrowers who'd paused their payments in certain deferments and forbearances and those who'd made partial or late payments. So, evidently, people who made payments... When they didn't have to, they weren't counted.
4: I, I, that doesn't surprise me. That that doesn't make much sense to me. I no. that that's just gibberish language that's supposed to mess things up.
3: Um. Well, if, if he gets, if he's out, so and, and so rep-
4: if they want to go, say we really screwed this up, and we're we're trying to take steps to uh, fix it. Cool. Let's hear it.
3: Well, but the, the flip side of it is, when, when these if and when, these buffoons are out giving money to the people they think they're going to vote for them, Republicans will be in, and they'll immediately try and find a way to uh, stop uh, to tell you how, how much we're robbing from the big corporations and how we got to how we have to be even nicer to them. So whatever side thinks is voting for them this is this is yeah, not- well the
4: Republicans got to wise enough why get get a little smarter because the big corporations aren't voting for them anymore the big big corporations are by and large are leaning Democrat they, they, they'll they'll work with anybody and I you know so I'm preemptively saying that because I know you'll tell me that um, they'll work with anybody but their their leanings are have definitely shifted way to the left um,
3: it's if they think they're in power
4: yeah I,
3: I don't I don't think they care. I mean I the weird part is, Kevin, they had a what's her name? The I should know her name, I'm talking about her. The lady who's the head of the FTC and I don't think she I don't know if she's competent or not, but she's lost she just lost this court case regarding this uh, injunction with Apple and uh, what is it, some Activision? Not Apple Microsoft and Activision. And she uh, she goes before Congress yesterday. And of course they got all these Republican guys on there. and this is you know, this is what God bless. If I, you know, you don't, you don't want me there. There'd be, not, there'd be a revolution again. The place. If I was in the Oval Office, or if I was on TV, not in the Oval Office. If I was on TV before I put one of these bumps on TV, and he started, one of the Republican guys started grilling this lady about why they would even consider, you know, having a problem with Microsoft. If the guy had taken a dime from Microsoft, I would have the dollar sign and the contrib- contribution from Microsoft right over his friggin' head while he's talking. Just saying.
4: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't blame you for doing that, Tom. I would do that too. But the thing is, none of this is productive. If you, if especially if it's public hearings um, in Congress, that's just all a TV show. It, it isn't even worth the time of day.
3: Well, I, I, I think you're right. Uh, but somewhere along the line, and you know, it's it's so funny when you talk to, uh, uh, you know, Dan was on yesterday, and Dan obviously has a pretty solid foot in the ground when it comes to finance and stuff. He was talking about this, this record amount of money that's going to pass from one generation to the next. I mean, I know I'm not as clear as I should be about how this all works together. We just blew that bubble up 35% to 40% in the last three years on purpose. The people who have the wealth now have 35-40% more than they did before, and, and the other people have 35-40% more credit card debt than they had before. There's never been anything like this. <laughs> in a, in we
4: our, we in, do lots of stupid stuff on purpose. This is not, and, and, yeah. and it isn't like at the time there isn't anybody saying, "Hey, this is what's going to happen."
3: I think there's, there, I, lots, I, I of think,
4: pe- there's lots of people saying that, and it doesn't do any good.
3: I, I think they know exactly what's going to happen. They know that the people who have assets, medical systems, the places. And this morning, United Health's up 15 bucks. Another four percent. I'm not. I, everybody knows that I want the market to go up. I have a whole bunch of clients I want to making money. But this this is insanity. This is absolutely we're 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 this is we are just blowing up the asset prices. Meanwhile, somebody who's going to go to the doctor today is going to get paid more, than he is. The book. We've the, now we've got now we got the motion picture people on strike, and everybody's probably bitching and going, "What are they doing? We're on strike." Kevin, if they don't get a forty percent raise over the last four years, they're not close to staying even, and nobody cares. Oh man, those guys got a fifteen percent raise. That's pretty cool. No, it's not. Why? Why? Why is this not general knowledge? I don't, I don't understand why there's only a few people talking about it. Everybody's just happy that their their k ks going up, or what?
4: Well, look, if you really, you know, if you really want to run the uh run the whole system to your advantage it helps to uh leave people stupid so let's let's just have a really crappy education system to go with it
3: yeah you know, why why is that uh and you know it's it's almost to the point where
4: it, you would you would by the way you would think that you want smart people so that the people who work for you are smart and they come up with great ideas and you know and, and do lots of wonderful things but we can't have that
3: well but but they've been they've you have, and uh, Russell has, you have a groups of people. I'm going to say your average student is older than Russell's. But you have people there, like, like what did Russell say? He's not doing undergrad anymore? Because they don't pay attention? Uh, last week? He's only doing grad? He's tired, of, he's tired of kids not wanting to be
4: there? No, I, I, I get that. And and I do get some that are, they're only there because their parents told them they were supposed to be there. Um, but uh, but I also, i I. Personally, do get a lot of really bright young people.
3: I'm, 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 and I, uh, but I, I mean, the disdain for uh, for any kind of knowledge that you when it's right there on your phone. Why, why, why do you take the time to put it in your head and actually read a book? I'm I sensing that all over the place. I sense it in my own family. What, what you, what well, I, it, the,
4: the skill set we're talking about is critical thinking.
3: Yeah, they, they, and, it's it's really easy to not do that now.
4: And and, and it is a mission uh for me as an educator to teach critical thinking and to and to spur critical thinking and there's there are good ways to do that um you know there's there's all you know i I think i've told you this before i you know i taught for a while and i always thought i had pretty good classroom instincts um but now that i've had a little bit of professional teacher training um, you know, some of my perspectives are, uh, you know, let me say I, I've kind of sharpened my classroom <laughs> technique, yeah. um, and, and it is very possible to get people involved in critical thinking exercises. I had a group yesterday. I walked them through strategy and planning and how it works, and then gave them a half an hour in small groups to, uh, to rough out a uh, supply chain strategy and identify the operations issues for a place they work.
3: Well, uh, yeah, I, well, I also
4: and they were great. They were, you know, for what you could get done in a half an hour, they were great. They thought it through. They really, you know, kind of weighed everything, and uh, and did it. This is, you know, this is conceivable, and uh, but it's not done very much. Uh, You know, so much of uh, under under uh, primary, secondary grade um, uh, types of education is built around teaching people. What they're supposed to think, not how to think.
3: Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get that. But I also, you know, what's funny is, a lot of stuff's funny. But when my nephew's firm, they finally just hired some people, uh, in the, you know, in the steel business, well, whatever, uh, making parts and tools and stuff for people, um, which, you know, you got to estimate, you got to know how to do this stuff. And I think, I'm thinking, Kevin, maybe three of the four came from the army, or two of the four, or something. It's it is stunning that because of those industries were considered to be, I guess, blue-collar or beneath people or something for a long time, I mean, I, I don't want to jump all over the younger generation, but uh, well, this is a long ago story. When we had the big problem with the economy in 2007, 2008, 2009, a lot of the people who just got out of college, the Maddie Weber group, uh, were all laid off. And I said, well, if you guys are really hurting... I said, I could probably go out, and I knew enough people that, you know, needed stuff. I said, I could probably estimate a few paint jobs. If you got three or four guys that don't mind working, we could maybe do some people's houses on a weekend, and I'll, I'll estimate it, and, we'll, you know, we can make some money. I'm not going to paint. I'll teach you guys how to paint and stuff. I'm, years of being on the ladder are gone. Uh, they, had, they had zero interest, Kevin, zero, no, none whatsoever. I mean, I I, I wonder sometimes, without giving a guy like Andrew crap, uh... What would the number have to be at my nephew's place if they put up a sign, quarter million dollars a year will teach you how to be a uh, you know, a, a guy who goes out and estimates jobs and makes sure that parts for people's machines are made? What do you think the number would have to be would, out of that group that would never even consider themselves doing something like that? Would the number be half a million? Would it be a million? Would people do it? I don't know. I don't think they would. No, no, I don't do that. It's not. Well, my- it,
4: yeah, and uh, it, again, this, if you remember, it wasn't very long ago. It was just a few years ago that the the big political talking point was free college for everybody, um, and and you're starting to get away from that now, um, it, because uh, um, you know people are saying one, we don't trust it; two, it's uh, for far too many people, it's not a good value proposition. And uh, three, that there's a lot of demand for skills that don't, that require some kind of Post-secondary education, some kinds of certification, but not necessarily a college degree, and uh, and and they and those jobs pay well, but here I, I want to give you a critical thinking story. I was we were talking about this? I thought it, so I just pulled it back up. This this was something I, I saw yesterday. Uh, guys guys at Walmart scanning and bagging almost three hundred dollars worth of groceries, and there's an employee that's standing there uh, who who monitors the uh, self checkout. And so she says, why are you double bagging all your groceries? Me, excuse me. Her, you're wasting our bags. Me, if you don't like the way I'm bagging the groceries, feel free to come on over here and bag them her- yourself. Her, that's not my job. Me, OK, then I will bag my groceries how I please, if that's all right with you. Her, why are you using two bags? Me, because the bags are weak and I don't want the handles to break or the bottoms to rip out. Her. Well, that's because you're putting too much stuff in the bag. <laughs> if you took if you took half of that stuff out and put it in a different bag, you wouldn't need to double bag. <laughs> T- ten seconds of me just staring at her, and then me. So you want me to split these items in half, put half of them in a different bag, that gets so you that to a different I don't have to double bag. They get you to a different ex-
3: spot. <laughs> yeah,
4: her, exactly. Me, so I would still be using two bags to hold the same number of items her no because you wouldn't be double bagging me <laughs> pressing two fingers to my left eye in an attempt to make it stop twitching okay so here i have a jug of milk and a bottle of juice double bagged if i take the milk out and remove the double bagging and just put the milk in the single bag and the juice in that single bag i'm still using two how do you bags how do you, how do you feel
3: paying probably 15 grand a year for her education
4: Oh, unbelievable! Yeah, or no, because you're not double baggy. and and then there's me looking around at about ten other customers who, at this point, are enjoying the show.
3: <laughs> well, the, the uh, is, is about,
4: that is that the common core math I keep hearing about? Yeah,
3: I get the, we got to go to break here, but right? one of the guys, I think it was a guy, or one of the one of the goofballs was on TV. Uh, says something about they were talking about rent going up so much, and somebody says, well that's okay, <clears throat> you just get a roommate. And I go, all right. so if I take that total illogic to the to the nth uh, degree, <clears throat> and if I'm a retired guy or anybody with my wife or girlfriend or <clears throat> whatever if I go to the McDonald's and I see the Big Mac is going up in price if I split it with my wife does that make the price half? I think not.
4: No, it just makes both of you fat. <laughs> well, makes both we' both
3: of or both of us still hungry because we had half a sandwich. Yeah. but how, how does anybody even think that that's a that's a solution to the problem? We'll get a roommate it might it might be a solution to that problem, but it's not a solution to the rent inflation problem
4: correct right and And so what we're really talking about here are just very basic critical thinking skills. And and getting people to just step back, size up a situation, figure out what the issues are and, and choose something to be done. And we just are not very good at that.
3: Well we don't even we don't even know
4: We don't we don't we're not good at teaching it.
3: Well we don't we don't even realize that, that people who and I I wish I still have I probably still have a note somewhere buried in my place. Um even on crime and punishment, if there there are people who would ever think that this is don't really have any morals But still, it doesn't mean they don't have logical thinking. So, if somebody is going to go rob a place for ten grand, and there's an eighty percent chance they're going to get caught and put in the slammer or hung, I'm not saying you should hang people. uh, Most people are going to say it's not worth it. If there's ten percent chance of getting getting caught and another ten percent chance of being convicted, or you're out on probation and and you're just going to leave, there's there's there, there there's no Cost to it for lack of a better term, and why and why, why do people think that somehow or other they are just good people that they're making immoral but rational decisions why don't why don't people understand that Kevin?
4: because ethics aren't taught very well either
3: so last so last night we were driving in uh, waiting for Andrew and they're talking about some robbery last night, so these guys walk into some place in nineteen hundred north Milwaukee so this is just a nice neighborhood they demand everything from the the store and the people, the one guy doesn't cooperate, so they shoot him in the abdomen and he's in critical condition. Well, the rest of the people cooperated. Well, a shot to the gut from, on one of the people would tend to do that, I would think. Of course, now we, I'm sure we have cameras. We've got everything. Now we're not going to catch these guys. And if we do, we're not going to convict them because nobody will remember by with bullets flying what, what they look like. Nobody's going to come in 18 months from now and and go to a place and say that's the guy. Nobody's going to have the balls to do that. I mean, so where where are we? Where are they going to, where are they going to rob tonight? You know, and you, you wonder why people have bulletproof grafts with a shotgun behind it. I mean, it's. I mean, we're, we're at a point where we are. We're making people, and I'm. You know, I'm, I'm no gun guy, but we're making people feel they have to police themselves, which is exactly where you don't want to go in a civilized society. You, which you just,
4: is not where you want to go, and uh, and that's. Always, one of my uh, that yeah that, that's one of my first reactions when people t- start talking about gun violence and needing to take guns away. And I say, government is intentionally uh, trying to not protect me. Yeah, and 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 at the same time, you're going to tell me I can't I can't have a gun.
3: And, and, and one, you know, on one I, level, I,
4: I I'd, I'd have a problem with that if government. Were able to protect me, but the fact is, government isn't, and it's intentionally trying not to. Exactly, this is part of this.
3: You can't. You, know, you can't. Coach, movement. I mean, I know. Uh, I, well, Maddie's on a lot, and he's always talking. I mean, he's he's Mr. Anti-Gun. And by the way, so am I. To be honest with you, I mean, if, if we could find a way like Australia, who took guns away from everybody, now they don't have any murders. I, I I'd, I'd roll with that. Yeah, well, that ain't true either. Well, nothing's ever totally true. I know. I get it, but the point is, is that. Uh, but you can't tell the three the three hundred millionth gun owner when 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 two hundred ninety nine nine ninety nine have guns that somehow he can't have one. I mean, you can't do that.
4: Well, you know where are a lot of the uh, automatic weapons in this country coming from that the gangs use? Anywhere they can get them. Where where are they sourcing? Well, I mean I, I don't know. Does somebody here would even get to source them for out of the country? Yeah. Well, because we have a porous vor- border and we're not. Well, we have attention what, to what's what, coming across the border. But there,
3: there's a bazillion guns made here. Whatever if you want to shoot somebody, you can find something that's American-made. The bullets it, are it, American. Yeah, made Yeah,
4: but you you actually, if you if you want fully automatic weapons, you have to steal them. From okay, military. so
3: where do you get where do you get the bullets? Are American-made, right? Well, bullets are bullets. Yeah, I'm sure they're made here. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, we. How, how about how about That's we? That's
4: okay. You, you don't have to worry about those. Those aren't available either. We're sending them all to Afghanistan. Yeah,
3: yeah. SP futures up six and a quarter. Nasdaq futures down one. Uh, Mark, we have uh, United Health is leading the Dow up here of almost fifteen bucks. We have Nvidia up again today. Uh, it's now pushing forty times revenue, Kevin. It's a we're, we're talking about. We're all going to be rich tomorrow if nobody
1: ever sells. Just saying. We'll be right back. Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know.
3: Well, and welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe, and we're on the board. Uh, the uh, S and P futures are up five and a quarter. We have the uh, Nasdaq futures are up four seventy five. I'm sorry, down four seventy five. Dow so futures up one hundred fifty seven. As we have uh, uh, big movers, and Microsoft up six bucks. We've got uh, uh, the other one is J P Morgan. J P Morgan is up. Uh, let me find it. There we go. Up four seventy two, and we have United Healthcare up fifteen bucks. So that's where the big movement is in the Dow. Um, over in Asia, we have Nikkei down 28 points. Let's call that uh, flat. Hang Seng up 63. Let's call that one uh, flat. Um, it's at well 0.3%. Shanghai up one. We'll call that one flat. So not much, uh, not much going on there. We had the like, PPI numbers came in uh, a little softer than expected yesterday, or maybe they were just adjusted. I don't know. Like the CPI was. A uh, Dax down 36. Call that flat. FTSE up seven. Call that flat. CAC around up 19.3. So. You look at the other markets. We're not going to be all that crazy here today, but we'll see. But yesterday, a was up 47, but SP was up 37, Nasdaq up 219, so big moves there. Uh, bonds uh, unchanged at 3.77, and they made a high of 4.6 last week, so crazy move in that. Uh, the bond uh, down two basis points, 2.44. Japan uh, unchanged at 0.48, right near the top of their allowed range. Oil up four cents, 76.93 rent up 4 cents 81.40 natural gas up 3 cents 257 our bubble unchanged 267 we've got gold unchanged in 1963 Had a big move yesterday silver up 9 cents 25.03 they were under 24 last week Uh, copper down a penny 393 so this stuff is moving violently back and forth bitcoin down 448 but still over 31,000, 31,195 as a coin was up, coinbase was up yesterday a bunch because uh, one of the groups got a, a decision from the court that it wasn't the security which I don't I don't necessarily buy but anyway uh, that we had oh, the US dollar which has been the big story the euro is now 112 okay and the, and the British pound is 131 it was like almost a two percent move in the dollar versus the pound yesterday all this stuff is all tied together it's not just your stock going up all this stuff's going crazy here and one one leads to the other to the other and we got For Travi weather sports all right it is 624 here in Chicago
6: on uh, July 14th. Uh, Starting off with some sports, we have some baseball to look forward to later today. Uh, Starting at 6.07 Chicago time, we have the Diamondbacks versus the Blue Jays. And uh, later at 6.20 p.m., we have the White Sox playing the Braves. And at 7.05, we have the Red Sox playing the Cubs. And it's gonna be a home game here at Wrigley Field. Over to Chicago weather, it's currently 71 degrees. We have cloudy skies. We're gonna have a high of 88 degrees today, and that's gonna hit around 1 p.m. And over in Phoenix, they're currently at 96 degrees. They are still in that excessive heat warning, and it looks like that's gonna last for a while. Uh, but the, uh, the highest temperature of about 111 is gonna hit somewhere around 5 p.m. today. And uh, now finally for Chicago traffic, it is looking pretty good for a Friday. No major accidents to report on the expressways. I uh, Expect a little bit of traffic on the inbound Stevenson from about Route 171 all the way to about Pulaski Road. But other than that, oh, there's also that Kennedy construction. Other than that, I believe that's all we got. So back to you, Chief.
3: The, um, when you look at, uh, some of these numbers, and, uh, I, was, I was looking at the, uh, well, I was looking at NVIDIA, so I was even looking at Microsoft, and Microsoft is now pushing, uh, they've got 207, uh, billion shares, I'm sorry, 207 billion dollars worth of revenue, and they have, uh, 7.4 billion shares outstanding, so if you do the math, uh, they're talking, they, they're getting like $30 a share in revenue. The stock is pushing uh, 350 So we're talking here over $10 a share. By the way, Andrew Mike says that he uh, is not invited yet or something, Mr. Murphy. Um, so we have to, once you get him somehow, I- invite him uh, if you can. But you look at some of these numbers in there.
4: I can forward him the Zoom link if you need.
3: Yeah, I don't know why he doesn't have it. But anyway, I'd like to, him to pile in if he can. But you you never really know and this but this is this idea this whole concept uh kevin of the of this wealth bubble that this is how this is how we and like i say I, I I got water on both shoulders here, as they used to say, because I really want the market to do well because I want my clients to do well, but on the same token, I know that if, if it goes too far, it's a disaster, so I don't know how you I don't know how you, do, you know those two things are always working against each other. I don't know. One of these stocks, and, and I'm, I'm locked into the knowledge from 2000 that there were five or six stocks then that led the world, and only one of them is higher than it was in 2000. Maybe, maybe Dell because the guy took it private and did something else with it and then out again, so that might be. And Microsoft's the only one. So I'm not going to say that Microsoft isn't going to double from here for three years or NVIDIA or whatever. What I'm saying is all seven of them can't. Because I don't think we can grow that fast, can we? I mean, we start talking thirty times. I mean, you, you ask yourself, and you know, do the math, which you know maybe the young people maybe can't do. But if you do the math, <laughs> let's say if you look at Nvidia right now, it's it's uh, it's ten dollars a share in revenue. Okay, so the stock is four sixty-five, and they're making two bucks. So if a stock is worth four sixty-five, someday somewhere, whether it's five years from now, ten years from now. Fifteen years from now, a company like that—if you're going to pay four sixty-five for something—you're going to want these guys, even at twenty times earnings, which is high—you're going to want these guys making twenty-three dollars a share. Okay, so that's ten times what they're making now. Okay, now, but if they're, and their their margin stays at eighty percent, instead of uh, ten dollars a share, the revenue's got to go to, uh, well, it's, it's going to have to go up by by. Uh, Ten times, so it's going to have to be forty or fifty bucks a share uh, for those guys to. If their t- revenue stays, it's no. It's got to be a hundred dollars a share. It's going to be twenty percent. So, there are, what, what does the revenue have to do? I mean, it's got to be up ten times in, in three or four years. I mean, I don't know much easy about
4: easy peasy. Just keep the inflation while yeah. we're
3: Well, <laughs> that's right. You you can do it that way, but I, I. the thing that startles me is people have people have documented. This kind of shenanigans for for decades, Kevin. I mean, I mean, we, when you see, I mean, what what did the tulip thing do to inflation in, in, in Holland? You know what? I mean, the Weimar Republic did this. the The, the, the Argentinians did it. You pour money in, some people make dough, at the end of the day, most people lose. And we've seen we have people that should know this.
4: Yes, and, but so new monetary theory. What you're saying isn't new.
3: No, it's not at all. Really mod-
4: modern monetary theory, is, I guess that's what they call it, is not, is not modern. It's old news.
3: Well, it's, be, and, and,
4: it, and it's a failure.
3: The, the simplest explanation is money is a good like everything else. It derives its value from its scarcity. So if you double it, or go up 50%, which we almost did, we go up 40%, if you double it, all of a sudden, in relation to all the other stuff, that is out there, be it gas, be it chicken, be it whatever you think it is, a glass of beer in a bar, whatever it is, it's not the beer that has gone up in price, it's the value of the dollar that has gone down in relation to the beer. Why Why is is there one out of a thousand people that understands that?
4: I, I'm with you on that, Tom, and and I'm also, you know, the along with that, Um, is that we have this idea that all these things that don't work just weren't done right. Yeah, yeah, they just weren't done right. Socialism will work, it's just they they never did it right, so we'll do it right this time. Um, You know, our education system is great, it's fine, everybody knows what they're supposed to do, we just don't spend enough money, if we spend more money on it, we'll be fine, you know, and that that just isn't true. It, it's it's not true anywhere.
3: Well, but but there's a there's a thought among people uh, that if you, because I want to get to something Lou said yesterday, which was really interesting. I never never thought through. it. That's why, I love having you, dudes. on much as I give you grief,
4: um, yeah. And Mike's with us too. So okay, join in when he wants. Uh,
3: to. Guys, we're gonna get off this subject. because I want to ask Mike about some, all the wars that are going on in the world. Uh, the, the the there is a thought now that you don't need to know anything because you're carrying around. A, 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 a little thing that will do all the thinking for you, and that—that that is so damn dangerous. I—I I, I I can't even, I can't even imagine that. But I, but people think I'm nuts if I say no. I actually kind of want you to know one or two things. What do you mean? It's right here on my phone. I can just Google it. That's—that's that's not. But one thing before—I'd love your opinion on this, Mike, because we were just talking. Well, we weren't talking. The Northwestern, uh, uh, baseball coach got fired. And, and bullying and whatever. And there is this. I don't know if you caught Lou yesterday, but some of the stuff he said, he said before and every once in a while, people say the same thing and you just hear it differently. What he was talking about, the, the football team episode up there, is that if you're, if you're doing your due diligence and you're doing the investigation, which Lou has done on a bunch of occasions, there's all these rumors. Oh, man, uh, Kevin was a coach and he, and he uh, made people run wind sprints. You know, he bullied these guys. You know, he really he beat the crap out of them. Then you might, with a little more due diligence, you might find out that there's a team rule that if you're late for late for practice 10 minutes, you run 10 wind sprints. And everybody's known it all year. Okay, so if you don't follow through to number two, you you all you do, all you hear somebody Twitter feed saying, he made Andrew run wind sprints. That it's going to sound... But Lou says there's a big difference between the rumor and innuendo, and actually being able to corroborate what's there, but in the Twitter world of uh, you know justice by public opinion, nobody looks for that corroboration at all. Oh man, it looks like they made these kids run. I heard they made kids run wind sprints. So the guys a bully. I mean, it's it. There's a big difference between actually having the facts that you can present, you know, having an economic paper that you can actually put down there and justify, and having some opinion on the market and the economy. Well, one is. Legit, and one is, you know, what did Aaron did Burnett say? Opinions are like bottoms. Everybody's got one, and they all stink. I mean, uh, I mean, it was interesting when he was saying that yesterday. That, you know, but now everybody knows that the, that the Northwestern's baseball coach was a bully. But was he? I don't know. But
4: it, we. we it there 's more to that story i sure there 's a lot more to that story, and it 's been told, and there 's lots of people and you know they have like fifteen players who 've transferred since the end of the season, and they uh, so that 's always a bad sign and they have uh, and, and nobody nobody is sticking up for this guy you know in fitzgerald 's case, even people were sticking up for him. Um, so there is it isn't it isn't about being a bully it's about being inappropriately abusive to people and consistently abusive to people that is first of all I'd get rid of the guy because that's crappy leadership well how do you get to um, that, how do you
3: get to that level without everybody knowing that that's how you are
4: what kind of diligence do they have in their hiring process because, because the guy about, was,
3: the guy's probably been a coach uh, for 30 years somewhere yeah he, and he, he was a
4: head coach at army so i I guess I guess to a large extent people there had to put up with it
3: are we blaming mike
0: I would. Yeah. Mike, Mike, should we blame you? Why does it Army always coach. get back to you? Why does it always get back to our- It always does get back to me, Kevin. You're right about that.
3: Uh, but Does that mean, uh, what's his name, uh, the guy from Duke was abusive because he was an Army coach? Uh,
0: well, uh, <laughs> I guess Shisesky, uh published his standards. People knew the standards, and that's part of what Kevin was talking about the other day about a vision. And then uh, if people were punished if they didn't follow the standards, that's kind of a standard management practice. Yeah.
3: Hey, Mike, I want to change subjects here, which I'm doing here a little bit, but uh, we didn't get a chance yesterday to uh, talk about the guys, steal- the Iranian steel and oil tankers in the Persian Gulf. were trying to. And it, the, earlier in the week, uh, we talked about all the drone stuff going on in Syria on Monday when Lou was in. I gotta, how many? How many? Skirmishes is the world fighting at the same time, like 20 of them, or what? I mean, and who, who, if you're in the army, which you you were, who who keeps track of all the different 20 of them where we got people doing stuff? I won't say
0: 20, however many there are. I mean, well, there is, I mean, there's constant skirmishing, Tom. I mean, that's just unfortunately a fact of life. I mean, when I was in Europe, we monitored several different uh conflicts, you know, we were always. Looking at the Balkans, then you had, uh, well, Kosovo was part of the Balkans, you know, then you were looking at the Russians, and uh, I also, we were responsible for Africa too, and there was always something going on down there. So, I mean, Somalia, uh, Kenya, Tanzania, you have little pockets where, you know, people are doing things, you know, bad things. So, I mean, Unfortunately, that's, uh, and I would hate to monitor, uh, it was more difficult to monitor the domestic market or the domestic uh, situation because you really couldn't collect on U.S. citizens. So that that was always something we were worried about too. Well, how how does somebody decide, it
3: looks like they're stealing five oil tankers a week. We can intercept two or three of them, but oh, by the way, we better put another frigate down there, so we can either do all of them, or we're only going to do two or three. We're going to let a couple get captured, or we really could help out here in Syria if we only had 30 more drones, but we don't because now they're in Africa. Who the hell makes all those decisions on people and and equipment and and all that stuff? Well, eventually
0: someone at the Pentagon would uh, have to cut, uh, or someone within a command, depends, you know, like Central Command or Pacific Command or wherever, they have to cut Orders to move people to different locations—just what you're alluding to. So, I mean, it, it depends on how big uh, the problem is, as to how much uh, people will or how people will deploy forces to counter that uh, problem. But who who determines? Yeah, for, for example,
4: you? the president just ordered uh, military reserves to Europe.
3: But who, who makes the call about – let's zero in on the oil tanker thing because Lou brought that up. Okay. Uh, how, he said that there, there was a couple of them that uh, the Iranians tried to grab, and we sent you – no, know, whatever kind of – I don't think it was an aircraft carrier. We, we sent something to to tell those guys to, to scoot away. Then the next day there was one, and uh, we didn't do it. Now, who, who, who makes that call, that we're only going to do them once in a while or we're going to do all of them? I mean – Well, if
0: it's in the Gulf, it would probably be, it would start with Central Command, so somebody out of Tampa, or with the Navy, whatever fleet it is that's stationed at uh, Bahrain, and then they would decide how significant the issue is, and then they would figure out how they want to counteract that. And if they think they need additional forces, they have to go to their higher command. So in this instance, it would be Central Command, and then from there would have to go to the Pentagon. And then they decide to deploy forces.
3: I'm just a little curious. I I don't know whether – I don't know anything about this, but it would either be we're all in and we're not going to let these guys do anything to any tanker on the high seas, or it's a hands-off situation. If they get captured and they want to pay their ransom, it's all up to them. I, I don't know how you'd intercept, like, one out of two. It seems weird
0: to me. Well, they – I don't think – well, I – I'm pretty sure we do not have enough forces in our blue water navy to intercept every tanker that perhaps the Iranians or the Chinese want to intercept. So it's just a question of uh you know how how much you want our enemies or our competitors to get away with.
3: Well, and you also how much since they've got nothing but money and they're buying golf leagues and everything else. Why the hell should we be escorting Saudi, Saudi ships out of the Gulf instead of them, or they should at least well, be paid That's painful. a good
0: point. But uh, the Saudis have always relied upon us to help them, and we have probably uh, contributed to that relationship because we did help them in the Gulf a long time ago.
4: It just
3: uh, hey, hey,
0: Mike. What's what's Operation
4: Atlantic Resolve? Do you know.
0: Atlantic Resolve used to be a um, or, or maybe it still is I don't know when I was in use or at United States Army Europe, we had a, an exercise every year where we were uh, deploying forces to help the European help the NATO forces counter a uh, you know a mythical um, opponent. And now they're probably using it to uh, counter anything the Russians are doing with Ukraine. If, okay, if, because
4: the the order, the executive order that went out, it was by authority vested in me as President of the, and by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America, et cetera, et cetera, I hereby determine that it is necessary to augment the active armed forces of the United States for the effective conduct of Operation Atlantic Resolve in and around the United States European Command's area of responsibility. Um, and so now we are sending reservists over there to get involved in that. To whatever yeah. to whatever extent that has, it just seems like we're amping up American involvement in
0: Ukraine. You're prob- you're absolutely right, Kevin. I mean, that's USUCOM, so that, that we could be sending troops to. We probably are sending troops to Poland, Lithuania, Latvia and uh, probably to UCOM headquarters in Stuttgart and wherever else they may be needed.
4: So my guess is that uh, that's, a, that's a show of force in some of the NATO countries to uh, tell the Russians don't even try it. Uh,
0: it. Well, and it could be a show of force to conduct liaison with uh, those forces in, the, in our NATO countries back to the U.S.-European command. Okay. Is, it, is
3: it some sort of a, I mean, a little bit, I'm not saying this is the motivation, is it also some sort of a uh, training exercise for the Reservists, which seem Reservists seem a lot closer to the front line in the last 20 years than they used to
0: be? You're right, Tom. I mean, I, what I think is uh, USUCOM is thinking, you know, they've been involved for a long time now, and now – one set of reserves has run out on their orders, so they need to call up another set of reserves and you are absolutely right about using the reserves more often because it it has happened over the last twenty years maybe thirty years well 30 and you throw in were...
4: that they're not meeting their recruitment numbers uh, for uh, for full-time military uh... and so that will mean more tapping into the reserves
3: we'll run over a minute here I, and they have a and we'll, maybe we'll continue this next week because it's pretty interesting. Mike, what is, when you're in Chicago, you know, and again, I, I get this blinded part because here I am. Even with the Afghan stuff and everything, you you rarely heard or see anybody here that's in a reserve unit. I mean, you got the one by, by O'Haron or somebody out by Ford City. When i visit my family in Columbus, the Colum- was it the Columbus Dispatch, whatever their big paper is? I get down there early on a Sunday morning. Of course, I'm by myself, I get the paper. There's, there's four or five units going out of going and coming out of little towns around Columbus and Ohio and it seems like every town's got a mechanics unit they got something else unit it's it's all over the place there is there is that s- smaller america is it just happen to be Ohio i mean how does it I mean no
0: i think it's smaller america time i mean you have units from all over when i was with uh, the it was called the 513th military intelligence brigade our units our support units were from up in the Massachusetts New Hampshire Vermont area and uh, we would exercise those guys on an annual basis. Generally, reserve units are tied to some active unit, and they they get a two week period during the year when they are supposed to train with their active unit, and that's what they do. And they and that's they have to work with their active unit on a periodic basis. Well, these dudes are yeah, right. so my, my, my guess for
4: this too is that they. They, the reserve units are where people who will join the military are and you get that, more of that correct, from Captain. small towns, from rural areas so you might as well put them where your where uh, uh, people are
3: but that's it's, correct But it, you had some incidents where some small town would send 15 mechanics and all of a sudden somebody blew up a bomb behind the lines in Iraq or, in, or Afghanistan and all of a sudden you got 15 guys dead in a small town, it's not so good
0: No, and you're absolutely right about that, Tom. I mean, uh, my son has been in the reserves now for close to 20 years. And, you know, police forces in small towns get affected because, you know, generally police guys are more, well, can be more patriotic than others. I don't want to make a hasty generalization there. But so then it affects the local police force. And I'm sure that happened in New York after... uh, 9-11, 9-11, where they yeah. they ended up deploying people from there, too. Yeah, it's a... Uh, and firefighters and uh, whoever is in the reserves.
3: This uh, last comment with you two gentlemen before we go to Carl. Uh, I was walking in New York back when I used to walk a real lot. I walked from Midtown all the way to Wall Street, which I had never done in New York a long way. And I go by this old church, and out in front is a list of all the people in the church that died fighting World War II. There's like 80 people there. I mean, uh, well,
0: I mean, you can see that in a lot of small towns in America. Tom, at uh, at World War II memorials, yeah. in, in the small towns.
3: This is New York City, I mean, I, You know, which I never I was kind of stunned, but uh, yeah. Anyway, Mike, thank you, Kevin. As as usual, we covered some good stuff here. I think SPV is up five, Nasdaq is up three. We're continuing our run up. Be right back after a very short break with Carl Denager.
1: Five six. That's seven zero eight three four nine three four five six. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks,
3: jocks, Sorry, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right, here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. Well, North Packs Jackson. I'm Tom I'm on the board. SCP Futures up five, if Futures up four as we are pushing along here. We got to dump a bunch with the uh, United Healthcare up 13. We've got a uh, JP Morgan up four, and we've got Microsoft up six. And I, you know two, three, four, five percent a day. What's that used to take like a year, but now it's you know it's a day. I mean, we're, we're going to the moon here. We have Mr. Professor Carl. No, how you doing? All right, bud, we covered a bunch of stuff with my two my two buddies. Uh it's always interesting to have Mike on. It's a whole different perspective of, uh, you know, how the... I mean, I, I, as much as people give the... Trying to control all the stuff going on in the world in the military, it's got to be an amazing job, Colonel. You know. Just uh, trying to figure out who goes... To hit with, And how do you even make these decisions without... You know, you know I mean, who even makes them? I mean, they're not, they can't be coming from this White House. Uh, they're coming from someplace. I mean, uh, I don't know how you decide which, which ship you protect, which one you don't, and how many drones you send this place, and how many you don't. I... When all this stuff's happening everywhere, it's just
7: weird, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's always like this, though, isn't it? I mean, has it never not been like this? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, this there's a lot of people spilling a lot of ink about this call-up thing, okay, that just happened. Uh, I'm not nearly in the camp of many that this is, you know, precursor for World War III and, you know, that kind of uh, happy stuff. I, I, just, I just don't see that as, you know, as what's going on. Um, But I uh, you know, the real question, I think at this point, is at what point does the so-called American experiment run into the hard reality of the fact that uh, we don't have a social construct anymore that supports all of this? No, we really don't. But did we ever? Well, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. did. I, I think we did, Chief. I think that's... That is probably one of the biggest issues. Yeah. It just it just I mean, I know this is, is tangential, but I'll I'll point it out anyway. Um, because it does illustrate the point. They just caught us uh soccer coach in Franklin, which is just south of Nashville, um uh, where the Tony community. Uh, a lot of a lot of people with a fairly decent amount of money, uh, very solid uh, you know, I mean, not a ghetto by any stretch of the imagination, okay? Um, he goes into a restaurant, he leaves his phone there, it doesn't have a lock on it. When the, the staff is, you know, trying to figure out who he is and, you know, get the phone back to him, right? They find a bunch of kiddie porn on the the phone. And uh, it's him abusing a bunch of kids. How, how old are we talking? Ugh we're talking about um not like not 5-year-olds we're talking about children not toddlers okay um he was a soccer coach and he was drugging and getting them drunk and then raping them basically you got to be kidding me no I'm not uh, they called the cops of course and uh that would be bad enough it's actually worse it is now reported that he's an illegal invader invader he's an illegal alien you know oh, one yeah. of those people that comes in the country without permission um, how is it so now see i i did a few volunteer things for my daughter's school when she was in school and various uh you know extracurricular activities because she was she used to play soccer you couldn't do any of this without having your jacket run all right so every year i had to go into the into the school and fill out a form with my personal identifying information and show them my you know my driver's license so that they could you know verify that I really was who i said i was right and they had one of their people in there that was a notary and you had to take off the
3: glasses with the beard attached to do this
7: yeah yeah and, and then <laughs> and, and then they they run you through the creep detector, okay, which is basically you know we run everything through the through the government databases uh gee, that's not a bad idea right i mean that's you know, <laughs> we, we like to, we, have to, we have to do that for clients we gotta check on
3: interpol and stuff for everybody
7: okay. yeah well, you know what um i i uh, you know i mean are you do you get a little offended the fifth time you you do it well y- yeah, okay, on the other hand uh you might have got busted for doing something in the you know in the intervening time right so i mean i i, I understand the logic behind this. you certainly don't want to convict a convicted child molester uh you know being involved in uh, you know with with children where they yeah. can pull something okay uh i i get this how'd this guy how how'd this happen I don't know who, who deliberately who deliberately ignored this.
3: Every time something like this happens, but this is the first time anybody on the show has told me about something like this that there wasn't it, it seems like it's 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 pure whatever the word is, craziness, uh dirtiness than it is than it is money. I mean I the, we uh, a few years ago you were you were on the show. We were we did a I I I couldn't believe the the guy who was the uh you know he, the ladies soccer, the ladies soccer uh, guy, what he's a carrot, whatever the hell he was. He was a the doctor for the ladies soccer team, and then from some school. Oh yeah,
7: it was Nasser.
3: Yeah, the guy who's got night. And,
7: I, and well, I. That was the gymnastics guy. Yeah, the gymnastic
3: guys. And I, but I don't, I don't. You know, my parents, you know, they, my mom was, you know, she grew up in a, a bad time during the depression. She was no, she was no spring chicken. She, if there was a. Once in a great while, since everybody had a bunch of kids, people pile an overnight in somebody's basement. And she would come, you know, she just asked, you know, well, was was Mrs. Smith there? Yeah, well, Mrs. Smith came down and served us pop and potato chips. Well, where was Mr. Smith? Well, he was upstairs. So he never even saw him. No. In those days, I didn't even realize that she was kind of fishing for, was there anything weird going on here? I mean, but, that, just a couple of but I don't see how the hell, I mean, I got you off topic here, sorry, is it with this Nasser thing, if it's your or my daughter— and you say yeah the, the the guy came up to the room and I had a sprained ankle, and he was uh massaging my ankle. Wait wait a minute, you didn't go to his office? no well, I'm sure a nurse came with well no but right. I, I, as a parent how, how do you how do you ignore that
7: you, because there's money involved what, what do you, how, how do I, uh, you know, I don't I don't know chief. All I know is that you know we have we have this supposed construct called the rule of law right and we just had the secret service tell us that they don't know who whose cocaine was in that bag well they probably don't but i mean i if if okay
3: let's should start they with should the, they know probably but maybe well, they don't
7: well now wait a minute chief let's start with the fact that at least 2 of the 3 statements that the secret service in the white house has made rela- related to this bag of cocaine are provable trivially proved lies and that is they said it was in three different places. Oh, okay, it I want hear that part. All right, right. Right. Now, was it in the cubbies where people who take tours could have deposited their phones because that's what they're supposed to put in there, you know, electronic devices and things like this, uh, in which case it could have been anybody's, right, that came through on one of those tours?
3: Um, or I, I at least want to know that. Is it a spot where somebody not working there could have got to? That would be question uh, number one.
7: That's right. But then, the other story is that it was next to the old executive office entrance, which, by the way, nobody other than those people in the government and with a hard pass is allowed into at all, ever, period. In fact, it is the entrance that the vice president typically uses to come into the White House.
3: See, I've never met a tour there, so you're going to have to explain I I don't know what the hell you're... Other than seeing the place in the front, I don't know what you're talking about. I never even saw it. Well,
7: there are multiple entrances into the White House. Okay. Okay. Um, There is one... There there are three that are supposedly implicated in where this cocaine was found. Obviously, only one of these stories is true, if any of them are true, um, because things cannot be in three places at once, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, one of them is the entrance where the tours come in. If you if you ever take a tour of the White House, you actually have to go. There's a building across the street, kind of um, that's that's also got a gift shop in it and some exhibits and things like this. And that's where you register for it, and you you know you get you know your your tour begins, if you will, and uh, you know in the beginning of the security screening and everything else, it takes place there. Uh, and that's before you come into the Actually, on the White House grounds, and if sort you think of, about it,
3: sort of like if you're if you're touring the Dallas Stadium, it starts in the spot where you can buy the Dallas hat.
7: Yeah, and it's and I mean, if you think about it, that makes that makes a fair bit of sense, right? You don't want a guy with a bomb in his jacket, uh, you know, getting on the White House grounds, right? All right. So, I mean, you know, this sort of thing is a uh, you know, it's, it's, I mean, that's logical. Okay. This the second one is where a bunch of people who have what are called hard passes, in other words, they're, they're employees of the government, they normally work in the White House and around the White House, um, and maybe in the old executive office building, which is where the VP's offices typically is that, are. Is that, is that on the grounds or is it across the street? That's, that's, that, that other entrance is on the grounds, um, but that's a, that's a separate entrance. The public never goes in there, okay, ever. Under any set of circumstances, and and of course, all of this has Secret Service agents crawling all over it all the time, right? So I mean, you, and and that's that's number two, all right? And then the third one is an entrance that is uh, unless you're part of the executive, you're not going anywhere near that door. It shoots you if you tried. That's near the Situation Room, which is a extremely secure part of the building. All right that's uh, you know the situation room is is a scale when you it's, when you look at the place from the front,
3: the oval office is to the right correct that's it's i don't know what wing that is but that this that's the area you're talking about
7: yeah and it's well and and so you've got the you know you, you have the residence part of the building you have the you know the offices part of the building and but there are but there are multiple entrances where's the where's the building?
3: part where if there's a, a huge dinner or like even reporters and everybody are all invited. Is that on the left side, the other side of the building, where you can go in the other entrance, like the, the... that's
7: that's away from the residence component, kind of sorta. Okay, it's it, it's it's really. I mean, the layout's kind of weird, and I, I haven't seen the entire thing because you know I'm not privileged to you know to go do that kind of thing. Right? <laughs> I mean, there's only certain parts of it that the, that the public ever sees, tour or no tour. And the other thing is that typically tours are not conducted when the president and vice president are in the building at all. Okay, I didn't know that. Right. Well, that's for security reasons. Okay. I mean, that makes that makes sense, right? So, so typically, they don't schedule them when the president and the vice president are physically present in the building. Um, and you know, I mean, it, it's, there is there is an entire security thing around this for you know for what are very good and obvious reasons. Uh, <laughs> now, you can walk down the street, across the street, on the other side of the Treasury Building is, you know, that's outside the fence okay uh, so there's a you know there's a fence line and, and all this stuff prior to 9 eleven it was a whole lot more open now everything is all fenced off, and it's there's you know you you can't go anywhere near the places you used to be able to uh, and i I've been in d c since all of that, you know all that happy stuff, and so uh you know I, I know what the differences are like in a sense, and that I know what it was before then, but then
3: you know, the question remains are, is if you can't protect everybody, can you protect anybody?
7: Well, the thing is, is that we've been lied to at least twice, okay, in terms of just the basic facts. Where was the cocaine? All right. So now you expect me to believe that the most secure place on the planet Earth, where the president actually works, uh, has no cameras pointed in all the public places, and near the entrances and near the places where this where the drugs were found, there's
3: probably no cameras where all the regular people work. And what makes you think those guys aren't on cocaine? Well, so, or somebody
7: if, near near the entrances, there certainly are cameras.
3: I know, but I'm saying if a, if you're a worker there and you're going out partying that night and you got it in your pocket, and somehow it falls out or you ditch it, how, how are you gonna find that? Well.
7: If there's security camera footage...
3: Um, but, I mean, I, I, there isn't an everybody at
7: everybody's desk
3: all day long, I don't think, is there?
7: No, but that's not where... They, they didn't find it in someone's office. All right. Okay, they found it in a place that was, you know, that that was, you know, what it, it amounted to a hallway, essentially, right, supposedly. But again, there are three stories as to where it was. Okay, secondly, uh, when was the last time you saw somebody that handled a baggie that that didn't... Leave prints on the baggie unless they took extraordinary steps to do that. And if it's your personal stash of drugs, uh, you're probably not probably doing no. that, right? not.
3: Not carrying a thing of cocaine around with me. I probably wouldn't wear
7: gloves. No. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't think so, right? No. I mean, now if if you deliberately were trying to plant it, that's a different story. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, now you're going to take great care, just like planting a gun or anything else. But. You know, let's assume that it actually is somebody's cocaine, and it wasn't a game that was being run by somebody to plant this stuff. Um, okay, that's uh, you know, now now my BS detector goes off a second time because nobody is is doing that. Um, so we've got we've got all these sorts of, of just flat out lies, and and the Secret Service says close the investigation because they don't know whose it is, and so oh um, well you know now. One final convenient fact, or inconvenient fact, depending on which side of the aisle you happen to be on. Um, you know, Hunter Biden is supposedly has a plea agreement. By the way, he's a he's a known abuser of illegal drugs. Right? Oh, yeah. We all oh, yeah. know. We yep. all know this. Yep. This is notorious. This is not speculation. This is known fact. He's admitted it.
3: Okay. And people uh, that have known him in Washington for years have confirmed
7: it. Well, and supposedly he's you know he's he's on the wagon and he's driving yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Supposedly. Um, Alright, fine. Except, if you are busted for something related to this, which he was, not just tax evasion, but a gun that he bought illegally because he said at the time he purchased it he was not using illegal substances. He, signed oh, he, he bought it
3: illegally because he was not supposed to have it because he was a he was on some drug rehab thing or something.
7: No, no. He was he. The, the question on the form is whether or not you are a user of or addicted to any controlled substance. Okay, any federally controlled substance. A lie on that form is a An illegal purchase. Okay, I get it. Uh, well, and it's ten years in prison. Okay, I oh, mean really? that's well. The, no, yeah, but nobody's ever going to jail for that. Oh, oh, yes, they do. People go to jail for it all the time. Um, but. He, was, he is being given a sweetheart deal where that charge is essentially being dropped. Okay, so he's, so, you know, well, you know, we don't know that we could get a conviction because he was stoned at the time, so we don't know that he actually had criminal intent because he was he was out of his mind. We don't know that we could, you know, we could actually get a jury to convict. Okay, nice try, guys. But here's the problem with this. This case is pending right now. And as part of a plea agreement of that sort, you're going to be required to not use drugs.
3: Yeah, I don't know if he's... If he got I don't know me, the man, if but I, it's hard to. I'm just saying, if that know, was, yeah.
7: Chief, if that was his coke, his plea agreement's void, and he goes to prison. Uh, Yeah. All right? So, you know, and, and guess what? That happens to people all the time. All right, they get busted for something that has to do with drugs, and the judge says... Well, you know, here's a plea agreement. The prosecutor works it out, judge looks at it, and part of the plea agreement is you're not going to do that stuff anymore. And if you get caught doing it, then all the thi- all the bad things that were originally going to happen to you if you, you know, if if you were put on trial and found guilty, they happen. <laughs> okay. Oh, going, yeah. going to jail. All right? Well, guess what? So, so if it's his coke, then Is he living there? Well, no, supposedly, but he is there a lot. Okay. Lou, Lou
3: thought he was actually living there to
7: try and dodge a uh, subpoena of Markets or something. Well, maybe. I mean, I don't know, but I, you know, well, that's, you know, that's a convenient way to do that, right? I mean, the process server yeah. can't get in there to get you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, but, but this all goes to the same thing, okay, in that we have supposedly, and we, and we, uh, <laughs> The American Bar Association has this, has this paper that they link that says that this thing with prosecutorial discretion is you know is, is perfectly it's, fine. it's, it's killing it's killing me. this country, I think. You want to know something? It's unconstitutional.: Yeah, okay? When you it, not only is it unconstitutional, it violates every oath of office from any office holder at the local state or federal level. You take an oath that says that you will faithfully execute the laws. Of the nation, and the jury and if well, we, have have, we also have
3: we also have this. This is what my theme was going to be. Well, still will be talking to you this morning, Carl. Some some high ended thoughts. Not 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 that uh, what we're saying so far isn't. You look at it and you say, yes, I'm supposed to be executing all these laws, and I see ninety bazillion laws every day. These idiots in, in, in the legislature, well, there needs to be another law. There needs to be another law because we're not enforcing the other one. Needs to be another law. to finally, you look at them and go, "Get rid of 90% of these laws. I mean, they're, they're useless." So there's, there's there's a a yin and the yang here. The opposite ends of a magnet. Yes, I'm supposed to enforce them. By the way, here's your stack. And it's like eight feet
7: high. I mean, I, how do you even do that? Well, I yeah. I mean, I <laughs> I, I certainly. Yeah, you can't you can disagree with that, right? I mean, yeah. that's obviously true. Um, but I think that there's that we have we ha- we have a difference here, though, um, in that you just look for example, there's a difference between I can't get to, you know, there's no way that I can possibly enforce this, you know, this stack of laws that uh, if we print them all out. You know, they take up three you know, three bookshelves that are the full width of your of your office, right?
3: Yeah, my, my attorney buddy tells me that when he the criminal code in Illinois, you know, he's eighty ish, when he's and he's still practicing, and he's when he when I started being a state's attorney back in God knows when, he goes, the criminal code was like what the hell did he tell me? Thirty or forty pages long, and I, he goes, I knew every word in it. Now, yeah, now no it's more. now it's like Five hundred pages long, and I, even I can't keep track of the crap that's in there. I mean, wh- yeah. you know, what are we
7: doing? Well, yeah, and that's and th- that's part of it. But then, you have what we just what we just saw on display uh, over the last couple of days in House hearings, because they got Ray in there and and reamed him uh, fairly effectively. We have a couple of other things that have come up with this. There's an allegation that he took a bribe from China before he was confirmed. There's there's money f- by, by the way, we're not talking about a little bit of a bribe either. We're talking about millions of dollars.
3: Well, how do you how do you, um I all wish right. I wish Carl uh that I knew you back in the day. Well, I'm probably older than you, but I wish you'd have been in the two classes I took with uh George Stigler. They were they were so spectacular because that's all he would talk about is Putting people in these positions where everybody around them makes more money than them, because you don't—I'm not, I'm not excusing this guy at all—but the theory of, okay, you're going to put somebody in the room and, and they're going to make a lot more money, but you don't give them money because you know they're stealing. Yet when they steal, you're pissed off at them because it's—it's yeah. it, it, it's, it, a—it's a total American conundrum. You know, we're, we're not going to pay the alderman more than ten grand a year, which now we do, by the way, a lot more.
1: Well, yeah. You. So
7: now they have every reason to take bribes.
3: Yeah. So then, but then when you take a bribe, then you're pissed at it. One, you got to do one or the other. I mean, you can't be in the middle type of. And we have that
7: all over the place. I mean, yeah. But you, but you know what? Okay. So uh, here was a point of my thing about talking about right. Yeah. Okay. So so not only do we do we have an allegation. Now this is, I, you know, this is relatively new. I just saw this last night. Okay. But now I, there's an
3: allegation. I'm, I'm being bad here. I'm, I'm interrupting. Define bribe. Janet Yellen got seven million dollars from people that she was supposed to be regulating at the Fed, then she got another jabbed. Uh, well, were, I I, you know. I
7: know. I mean, is it is it legally a bribe? Well, I don't know. Um, but but if it smells like a bribe and looks like a bribe, it's bribe. If if somebody
3: gives you from Citadel wherever it was two hundred and fifty grand for a speech where nobody would listen to her if she was in a bar for more than thirty seconds, what what would you call it? I, I'm, not, I'm not saying. It, well, no, it's, this it's is.
7: Yeah, that's a bribe, as far as I'm concerned. But no, I, I'm talking about actual. Well, the allegations was a direct payment, in return for do, a policy, for, for what? Well, what was? was and what was the? Well, it I don't know, but it, but it, you know, I mean, everything that comes out of China, in the was, was he? Area,
3: a, was he like? Was he a? I don't know the man. Was he? Was he a registered lobbyist
7: at the time? Probably not. No, which is the point. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, any money that comes in from a foreign national, if you're if you're involved in the government in any way. If that person is not registered as a lobbyist and you don't disclose it, uh, that's illegal. All right, oh, period. Yeah. Well, no, All right. when's the last I mean, time I, you know? When's I, the well, last time I, a, a non-registered lobbyist went to jail? Well, Ever? Yeah, yeah, okay. It's it's you know, it's been a while. I mean, you know, I I was treasurer for a congressional campaign in a Libertarian Party. It, it, boy, oh boy, was I paying attention yeah, but to they that don't, kind of they don't stuff.
3: Lo- they don't like you. You're, you're
7: pushing the system. Well, they would have been happy to. Yeah, they would have been real happy to jail me if I yeah. let that kind of thing happen. Oh, well, right? sure, without a doubt. Right. So you know. So I mean, I. Yeah, I know what the rules are, and and yeah, you you are a U.S. person or you're not. I mean, I don't care if it's five bucks. Well, somebody
3: somebody couldn't wait to bounce Rasty Rastinkowski out of the speaker. Oh, I job know. Oh, I know. Because of stamps, and then the guy they put in after him, or maybe it was two guys after him, was it was a
7: was a sex offender right <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean but here's so but here's the other thing that goes with with the ray thing okay what they nailed him on yesterday or the last couple of days in these hearings is that the FBI ran over a quarter of a million illegal searches on US citizens under the FISA authority
3: what what's the uh, FISA not, authority refresh me and everybody that's
7: that's the that's the 9/11 era well, it actually predates that, but it was the authority was expanded on nine eleven. It's basically if you are communicating with somebody outside the United States, under a certain set of circumstances, in the interest of finding out if you're a terrorist, or funding terrorists, or you know enabling terrorism, the the government is enabled to take a look at your communications and things of that general nature uh, for that specific purpose. But they have to go get a warrant all right and they and it's i mean there is a there is a procedure for this all right okay it's not it's not blanket authorization to go search anything they want because the fourth amendment says you can't do that stuff so there is you know there is a procedure the fbi just flat out ignored it and and did so not once or twice not every now and then a quarter of a million times?
3: That's, uh, that's special. Why don't we go a break? Because we've, we've got four different conversations all leading to the same oh, 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 yeah, we haven't talked about PPI
7: and CPI. I know, we're, we?
3: we're, we're, they're all leading to the exact same question. How often yeah. can you lie to people? And, and, and when you lie enough and there's so many people around, it gets right back to the same stupid thing you used to say on the trading floor, you can't take a drink out of a fire hydrant. I mean, how, do you, how do you stop anything when it's just all around you? It's just, I mean, uh, you know, how do you take a stand? I don't see how you. Well,
7: I, well I'll tell you how you stop it, but nobody's going to like that. Well, I, I,
2: I would agree with that, by the way. That's if you're just up eight, and as if you're just
3: up 11, be right back. Stacks and Jacks.
2: on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks.
3: Hello, this is Tom how the Chief. We have talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It has been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I am sure you are aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we have always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like MAM interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to ptisecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's (laughs) ptisecurities.com. Stocks, jocks stocks, jocks,
7: stocks and Jocks.
3: You are out of control. Right here. Right here. Right here, Right now, Right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. SB futures up seven fifty, Nancy futures up ten. Dow futures up uh, one sixty-eight. Uh, so we're we got individual stocks to the dial up, Microsoft up six bucks, that's two percent. We get a company that big moving two percent in a day. And two percent yesterday and the day before. It's it's not I won't say it's uh, not right. I'm just saying it's not really normal. Uh, but it but it's happening. Um, over in Asia, we got uh not much here. Nikkei down 28.1%. Uh, Hang Seng up 63.3%. Shanghai up one. Call that flat. So, not much going on there. Same sort of thing over in Europe. It's almost like a almost like a summer Friday. Dax down 11. Call that flat. Uh, Footsie up 23.3%. round up 27.3%. So, again, not a lot. Yesterday, Dow up only 47. S&P was up 37. That's huge. The Nasdaq was up 1.6 percent, 219. Remember when we went like three years without a one percent move? Now we do it like every day. This is this is a different different stuff here, and it's making me very nervous. U.S. ten year 3.78 again is uh, that was 4.6, three days ago, if We all can remember uh, the Bund down two two places points, 2.44. Japan up one, to 0.48. So it's getting very close to that 0.5 top that the government seems to put on it. That seems they say they put on it. Well, down 19 cents, 76.70, so that's up uh, 10% on the week, or two weeks. Rent uh, down 18 cents, 81.18. Natural gas up 5 cents, 259. Arbob down a penny, 266. Gold got a big run-up yesterday. It was up 230 today, 1966. It was a nice buy, uh, down around 19.20. Silver again, got under 24. Now it's up 17 cents, 25.12. We'll see if it breaks out this time. It hasn't. It stops at like 2550. We'll see if it does or if it keeps going. Copper unchanged 393. We have Bitcoin on 475. That's a percent and a half. 31,169 with the big story. And I cannot get Carl, let Carl get away without us talking about it. The dollar is uh, actually up a hair today, but the euro is 112. It was 109 when the week began. That's. It's a 2 or 3% move in one week. That is a lot. Uh, the British pound 131, it's the standout. I think we started the week at 127, maybe. So that's another. It was up one, a percent and a half. Uh, the pound was up yesterday. That's massive move in a currency. Uh, the, the currency transactions are trillions of dollars a day. So a percent or a percent and a half move, we'll have for Carl talk about that as well. We got lots of stuff to talk about with Carl. You had a real quick, Traffic Weather Sports. All right, it's seven thirty-seven here in Chicago, on
6: July fourteenth. Uh, some quick sports for you. We just got some uh, baseball to look forward to tonight. At six oh seven, the Diamondbacks play the Blue Jays. At six twenty, the White Sox play the Braves, and at seven oh five, the Red Sox play the Cubs here in Wrigley Field. Uh, for Chicago weather, it's currently seventy-one degrees, cloudy skies. We're gonna have high of eighty-eight today. And over in Phoenix, they're at 96 degrees, they got clear skies, and they're still in that excessive heat warning. Gonna have a high of about 111 today. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, uh, looks like, uh, still no major accidents to report on the, uh, major expressways. If you're coming in on that Kennedy, expect some delays all the way from Lawrence Avenue to, uh, looks like Armitage Avenue, and a little bit of heavy if you're coming in on the 94 as well. That's from about the 51st Street to the ramp from I-55. So that's all I got.
3: Back to you, yeah, Carl. Real quick, I got a, a CPI question, um, and then we'll get all kinds of other stuff to talk about here to, to tie up if we ever can tie up what's going on in the world. Uh, unadjusted CPI uh, May to June was .3%. This means people who work their tail off to get all these numbers together, uh, whether they are hedging them, who knows? But the fact is, they're all together. Somebody sees that the forecast is for .3%. The seasonally adjusted, they drop it down one-tenth of a point, it explodes on the TV, and we're off to the races. Is there any paperwork between that, behind that adjustment, or was it just looking at what the forecast is? What if he just said, you know, this is a little light, I'm going to make it point .4. Is he fired? What, what, what? How does this even happen, Carl?
7: Well, uh, you know, one of, one of the things that, that you have to wonder about with stuff like this is exactly where the mechanism, you know, who's – Who's got the knob, okay, and who's got the gun to the guy's head who twists it? And we we see this stuff in the BLS report all the time, too. Um, One of the reasons I, for the last, you know, 15 years, i but like every second uh, jobs report that I write up, it's I, I literally call them the Bureau of Lies and Scams instead of Bureau of Labor Statistics. And I've been doing it for a very long time because all the way back to when I was running an internet company, I'd look at these numbers and the internals didn't match up to the headline. And you're like, well, okay, there's so much data in here that people get sloppy. They can't manage to get all... Because at the end of the day, everything's got to total out, right? Yeah. Well, guess what? Sort of, sort of. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's like anything else. You know, if you have a general ledger... At the end of the day the debits and the credits have to they have to be the same yeah. okay um, And there are multiple tiebacks within all of these government reports that at the end of the day they got to be there. and this is how you end up with stuff like we saw in the CPI where health insurance is six tenths of a percent of someone's spend. And it's, oh, by the way, it's down twenty five percent. But yeah, by the way, it's down twenty four point nine percent annualized, right? Four by three point eight, if I remember correctly, this last month alone. Yeah. All right.
3: Um, can you think no, of any? Not. Can you think of any occasion whatsoever other than somebody taking a bigger deductible that anybody's had a decrease in health insurance
7: ever? I mean, I, well, well, now wait, now wait a minute. That doesn't count because, um, the the rules for the CPI are that hedonic adjustment is part of this and therefore if you are getting less but paying more money then that is actually a inverse I, in other words I makes would,
3: the price go up I would say Carl that I I, I did this once I did it Carl somewhere I found buried in this report Now you're, you're going to find it in two seconds and make me look bad like you always do I found the last 10 or 15 years, the adjustments on the Ford F-150. How the hell I found it, I have no idea. Oh, oh
7: yeah, 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 yeah. And
3: you now this particular year they added automatic transmission became standard or something. Okay, so they, I get all that, but they're meticulous to the point where over a decade, even though the price of the truck was up like eight grand, it was the same number or something. I don't think they're quite as meticulous on this hospitalization, just a guess. No, really? Yeah. But the other one but I want to by, run...
7: By the way, it would be easy for them to be. Do you yeah. know why? Because because in the individual market, uh, you know, this is all through the exchanges and with Obamacare now, right? Yep. So, therefore, they have all this data because this is all federalized. So they have the data. Right. If they care to use if it. If they care to use it. If they care to use it. But real quick, because uh, I don't want to beat this one up, because we have other stuff
3: with Carl. Owners' equivalent rent of primary residence 24% of your basket yet, uh, the, what was the national study that just came out yesterday that said not including insurance and uh, taxes, that uh, just about every all the numbers nationwide now are up to 32%. So why do these right. guys keep... But
7: the general question is... Well, OER is, you know, is a scam in the first place yeah. because you don't owner's equivalent rent a place. You either own it or you rent it.
3: Well, but rent a primary residence is 7.5% of your basket. Uh, n- name me somebody who can rent a place unless you're... Daddy Warbucks said, "It's only seven percent of your check. Your rent."
7: Well, well. Now, wait a minute. This is across. This is across the population. So the other, the other people are in the twenty-five percent. The other people. Okay, so so roughly two thirds of people own a house. Okay. The rest of the people rent. All right. What I'm saying is, so add twenty-five point four nine seven and seven point five five eight together, and and the shelter component is thirty-four point six. That's the, that's the percentage across the entire population. You're in one basket or the other, whether you rent or you own. Well, oh, wait, wait, wait. The, the, the rent of shelter includes lodging away from home, housing at school, all kinds of Oh, no, of no, stuff. no, that's separate. Uh, I don't no, know. About it, that. it is, it's a different line item. Rent of primary residence and owner's equivalent rent of residences are the two subcategories of quote unquote shelter. Uh, all right, but they don 't have anybody
3: the if you 're an owner it 's twenty four percent of your basket no. I, don't, I don't
7: think they're additive you 're not paying rent too no 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 that's no no what so you 're looking across the entire population Joe over here rents his his residence you own your house well allegedly anyway, until you don 't pay your property taxes right. um, between the two of you. If you take all the money that you spend on those two things, between the two of you, 34% of what you, t- what you spend goes to those two things. All right, so I'm not reading it right is what you're telling me. Yeah, you're, the, the reason you're not reading it right is because you can only do
3: one or the other, but What but what But what if I do lodging away from home? It says 1.2%. What, what's all I ever do? I live in a motel.
7: It's, it's going to be well, way more well, than 1.2% of my, my paycheck. Well, that's your... That would... You would... If you are living there then it would be in the 34% as as your shelter, your primary shelter. Okay. Okay. It's it's in the different basket because of of what it is. You know, when it, when I go rent a hotel room for the night because I'm on vacation, then I'm in the lodging away from home category. That's that's that piece of my basket. Okay, All so right. I can I can
3: look at this as if I'm a renter, they're only counting me at 7.5%. Because clearly, no. but, but 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 okay, but now, but across kids, the population, right? seven and a half percent, because I, I, yeah. I think I'm not so sure, right? So, all right, so the cost of rent goes up twenty percent last year. Okay, now what? And they claim a, they claim eight point three. All right, so okay, so but, but I'm saying it's only affecting this piece; it's not affecting the other piece. That's right. That that's what' I'm, I'm, I'm talking about what I'm saying is well
7: that, well that's well that's correct but see it is because if if i've got you know if it's two thirds one third and I got three dudes, two of them don't get affected by a rent increase only one of them does but but still it's if I'm that person, the
3: idea that that's only affecting seven percent of my income is nuts
7: well it's b s it's yeah. actually thirty four percent okay, okay but, but
3: yeah but the 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 thirty percent rent increase is not running
7: to the thirty four it's running to the seven Well, that's right because on a population basis, that's the split of people. Okay, I guess so. I'm saying, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, it's just you're looking at two different. It's it's population versus a person, but your but your shelter expense is thirty four point six. The problem is that that doesn't include the the insurance and the uh, the taxes. Okay. Well, it, it it probably does include property taxes. It doesn't include the insurance. That's separate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, and this is one of the things that's that's a monstrous screw job. Is that, and it's and it's one of the reasons that where you live makes so much such a difference. I've you know I've I've been all over Desantis in Florida for this because I lived it for twenty years. The there is not the, the reason you have this problem with the cost of insurance and and the cost of living in Florida with regards to this is not because Florida gets hit by hurricanes. Hurricanes have been around forever. It is that there is so much scamming going on that probably half of all of the money that is spent on property insurance is stolen, and yet the government loves every bit of this, which well, is why nobody goes to jail because guess what that's all gdp okay that roof that your neighbor didn't actually have damaged it was just worn out and he claimed that the thunderstorm tore off some shingles and it rained in his house and therefore he's you know uh, by god that's an insurance claim uh, that's a creative to all of the statistics that the government loves to trot out as being economic prosperity
3: i'm gonna get rid of the question i was going to ask or push it off it but... Because yesterday we talked about, and I don't know the answer to this, and maybe you now you do. It seems to me that we have you know, these hurricanes and the cost of fixing and all this kind of stuff. I, I, I think, I mean, my, my economic background tells me that 50 years ago, when the, if a hurricane hit Miami, you got a real problem. Because it seems now that, that if, uh, well, you still have a real problem. But now that the entire coast, Texas, Louisiana, is all sort of built up, Uh, to the point where the hurricanes are still going to hit someplace, but it's almost like the pool of people insuring each other has grown demonstrably as well, so it almost should be. But but I guess my, my question is, does the insurance pool from Florida... Get combined with the insurance pool from South Carolina or from Texas or whatever. I think they don't, do they?
7: No, no, they don't because Florida and some of these other coastal states. What's what's happened is the big insurance companies and the state has allowed this to go on. Uh, have have spawned off these little pup companies that only are writing in right. that particular state. All right, now that that violates the premise of insurance which is that you take unlikely things and spread them across large populations that's why it's affordable right all right but the the problem with doing it the other way is that well if you live in florida why should i pay your insurance premium when i don't okay so i mean there's there's logic both well, directions. But, okay but about what, what i'm getting but to here's is... but but here's the thing chief after andrew the state tightened up standards for any kind of significant renovation, so if you have a new roof put on, you have to meet the current code standards. Okay. Andrew was
3: the one that hit Homestead, right? Yes. Did you ever, Did you ever visit Homestead before the hurricane? Not before, but I oh, but god. I oh, I saw oh I oh, know I know oh, I know. oh it was, god
7: uh, yeah I, I yeah I'm well aware of what it looked like and why what happened happened. I'm going to okay. say
3: even though you and I maybe aren't not as good a shape as we used to be, the both of us maybe we'll take Andrew with us. We could have shoved in any one of those houses and knocked it down. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the place was sh- was almost Hooverville shack. Without a doubt, it was it was people from my aunt. Her her father moved down there, and then then he croaks, and she says you got to go down and check on my house. Well, I'm down there in spring break. I'm in college. I'm going. I'm always right. a good kid. I drive down there in a rental car. Actually, it wasn't a rental car. I drove down there in my dad's car. We drive down there. I've never seen anything like it. It was like Tobacco Road. I, I'm, I I mean, like like I said, you know, Hooverville shacks. Yeah, everybody's washing machine.
7: The four washing machines before were still on the on the porch. That kind of thing. Oh, I oh, I know. And and you know what? But but here's the thing. After after that storm, the state said, "Okay, enough of this garbage." Right. For good cause. Yeah. But after Michael, which you know was the one that hit Panama City a couple of years, you know, a few years ago. Yep. All right. I drove around there. I lived an hour from there. I watched that storm come in uh, from my patio. And where I was, you know, 50 miles away, it was it rained. All right, They got hammered. But where I was, I was on the clean side of it as well. So, you know, I mean, the hurricanes are kind of weird. If you live there for 20 years, you kind of figure them out. Well, if you're if you're side where the wind's coming off the water, you're in trouble. Uh, Well, yeah, because the forward speed of the storm gets added to the wind speed, and it's subtracted on the other side, okay? So, anyway, drove over there. Bunch of developments in that general area that I know were built after I bought my house. They weren't there when I moved there. Therefore, they were all subject to the new codes, every one of them. Things like having the straps on the, the roof decking, to the frame of the building. Roofs were torn off. There were no straps. How do you know? Because the plywood is sitting all, you know, or the OSB that was the roof decking is sitting in the middle of the street and there are no straps on it. And on top of that, you were supposed to have a secondary barrier, which is basically a sheet of rubber with adhesive on the back of it that is glued down on it. It's self-adhesive. It's on the decking. Well, guess what? If your roof gets torn off and that ain't there, it's instantly obvious. All you got to do is look. Right, I mean, either that yeah. rubber sheet is there or it's not there. Well, it's not there. So, and the whole reason for that is that if your shingles get stripped off, it doesn't rain inside your house for eight hours, and destroy it. Well, guess what? Those weren't there either. All right, so all of this was supposedly built to these new codes, and none of it was done. Do you think the, the contractors pla- were in tight with the local uh, politicians? I'm shocked. You would say. Well, gee, you know, so um, there's supposed to be these things called inspections. Yeah. Right, and if you scam something like this, you're supposed to go to prison. That's the wink, the wink and the nod, as they say. Yeah, and you know what? And then you wonder why your why your homeowners insurance is so expensive because you know what? You have a certificate that says that you meet these windmit requirements. I had I had to get one. All right, and uh, guess what? If the guy that issues that wind mitigation, which is signed off by by an actual person, if he's lying. Then the insurance, you as the homeowner, you're not responsible for that. The insurance company can't screw you. So what what ends up happening? Everybody else gets screwed, right? Right. Oh, yeah. But if you if you don't have that wind mitigation, those those steps on your property, your homeowner's insurance is like five times the price. Well, gee, I wonder why. Because your house is going to get trashed when there's it's a like, storm. It seems like two things. Here. I want to I want to ask you
3: about the market here. Uh, two things. Mean, it seems to me. I mean, I'm not. No, Mister Hurricane area. I don't really like Florida that much, Carl. But the, it seems to me that these things are likely to be anywhere along the coast now, or to Gulf, or someplace. Yeah. So the the the, the insurance pool ought to contain the entire coastline, to me. I mean, there is something along those lines. Well, now, it, well, it does. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not so sure that it does. With the people dumping a uh, coming out of Florida, like you say, with these with these pup. These pup places, they, they, they want, because the last hurricanes or two were in Florida, they want to screw the hell out
7: of people in Florida, yet the next well, one's no, liable the, to no, be in, the, in Baton Rouge or someplace. Well, now, wait a minute, Chief. There is a, there is a difference, and the difference is, is that in some of these other states, you actually go to jail if you pull this crap, and in Florida you don't. Oh, okay. Okay, Are, so, I mean, this is, I look, I had a dock built. The, the electrical contractor that, that put the power in did it wrong, the inspector the supposed inspector from the county signed off on the job and the only reason i caught it before i got electrocuted was that i went to put a whole house surge suppressor in so i had to take cover off the panel and when i did that I, and i know how it's supposed to be wired i looked at it and said this is wrong i called the inspector how did they, what how the they screw that up oh they left the neutral bond off Your and kid. i and even i know you can't do that well, and I called the inspector up and I said, "What in the blankety blankety, bl- you know, blank? I mean, I'm the guy that's going to be out there turning the power on on the dock with wet feet and yeah. going to get electrocuted, right?" I'm like, "So what you, had, you did- had no
3: surge protector in the dock?"
7: Well, I, I wanted one for the entire house, but I had yeah. no panel space when I bought the house, so I had no where I had no way to put it on the system. But one when, when I had the dock installed, because there was no panel space, I had to have a sub panel put in. Well, now all of a sudden I got room for the the surge suppressor. So I go to retrofit that after the guys put the dock in, and I find this. The the inspector ultimately ends up admitting to me that he never actually inspected the job before he signed off on it. Oh, that's par for the course. Hey, valuations.
3: I've been going through yes. NVIDIA, Microsoft. I mean, I've seen this before. I've seen it in 2000. I saw it in... Yeah, and in, we know how to end it ended, too, we don't saw, we? Well, we saw, I saw it in 87, really. <laughs> was in a, you know, I've read about... 29, I've read about railroads, I've read about TV uh, but and every time somebody's going to say this time is different, I would say this time the companies are even bigger and more politically connected I mean there's really no comparison I don't think between, even though I've, just, I've been doing the math comparing the two between Microsoft and their uh, monopolistic intent in, a very different, in all these different areas and we've got people in in uh, in Congress yesterday, uh, those are the guys that are taking over what? Out, uh, out what's the other place they're trying to take over? The, uh, and all, all the people in Congress are outraged. The FTC is trying to stop it. Right. When when obviously they're too friggin' big. I, I think there is there is a difference. I mean, I, I'm looking at the difference. I'm trying to determine this, crowd so I'm asking you. There is a difference between Microsoft today and Cisco in 2000. Because t- Cisco, yeah. Cisco got the... Ten times revenue, and then it exploded. Went down ninety percent.
7: Well, Cisco, Cisco, by the way, at the time uh, was a monopolist provider. Right. They were a single source provider because, and it wasn't, it wasn't that they screwed everybody else. It was that they simply had the only devices that would work in certain parts of the internet infrastructure. Right. And as a guy who was building that stuff at the time, I was very aware of it and wasn't real happy with what I was paying. Oh yeah. Well, we were, yeah. every time you got a new line. But At our old office, we must have
3: had all the services we had because we had market makers, we had everything. we were, you know we had all kinds of crap going on. We must have had twenty five separate lines, and we had twenty five separate routers. Anyway, what I'm saying is, Nvidia. I went through the stuff yesterday. They're they're forty four times revenue. The stock's trading for. Right, and, I know. In my in my danger zone is when somebody. Do, what, gets do the you want to know what that is? That's all from AI. I, I I get it, but I'm saying right now it's it seems to me. You have to, and, and you, I hear people talk about it, and even, even uh, not Dan, uh, uh, Joel was saying, Chief, you got to understand, these are going to be the only seven companies. No, they're not. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> saying you could sit there and, I mean, I, I, by the way, I, I hope you're right, but is it somewhat different? I mean, Microsoft, are they just going to be able to take over? Is there a chance, I mean, I guess what I'm, I'm stumbling here, Carl. What I'm saying is if I did the math on, NVIDIA and Microsoft, which I did, by the way, said, okay, wh- what's going to happen for these guys to grow into these numbers? NVIDIA, for them to all of a sudden be 20 times earnings, okay, they're going to have to be 10 times bigger right. in terms of revenue and everything else. Same thing with Microsoft, not 10 times, 5 times bigger, for them to be like a normal company. You you add that amount of revenue t- to the t- to the GDP other than inflation – you can't get there from here, especially Chief, if you take... it's,
7: uh, Chief, it's the same thing that happened in the late 1990s. You yeah. saw it, I saw it. We all lived it, okay? It is not going to happen. It is, you know, all these people, all these companies in the 1990s claimed, GD, to, you know, 10 times the global GDP of the, of the planet, right?
3: Okay, I, I, my, And, my and
7: question, 90% of them blew up when, I, when the inevitable I, happened. That the economic
3: side of my brain says, you know I'm with you 100%. You know I'm with you on this because you and I think exactly alike on this stuff. The other side of my brain says, okay, that was 20 years ago. Is, is there something different? Are these guys so politically together that they're going to end up like J.P. Morgan Chase, that they're going to be so big you can't even touch him, that somehow what normally happens isn't going to happen, not to all seven of them, but to maybe five or six of them, that they just are so in no. tight, their heads so firmly up the ass of government that they're not going to go down?
7: No, and I'll tell and uh, no one I'll tell you why the the. It's well, a fair question, isn't it? Uh, yes, but uh, but the answer no. Okay. And the and the reason is this: AI is the latest tulip. Without a doubt. And and it is already starting to get cracks. Oh, wait, do in you this. even remember? Do you even remember cloud? That was six months ago. Yeah, I know. It's already, but the, it is already getting cracks in the side of it. The lawsuits are starting. Um, uh, Microsoft and Google and everybody else is now getting sued by all the people who actually hold the copyrights on the data that they use to train these things. Without that training data, the model is worthless. It's worth zero. And you know what? Those people that w- w- that published that stuff and actually registered that work—it's 150 grand a crack. Really? If you get tagged on this, yeah, we're talking about enough to bankrupt Microsoft or Google. All right. Explain. To so, me, take take. We'll go over a minute or two. Explain to me exactly what this is. All right. So, these large language models have to have a training database fed into them, a huge amount of information, in order for them to to be able to converse with you. That information is owned by somebody.
3: How can if the information feed, be
7: owned by somebody different than the than the? Uh, a software. copyright holder owns it. So,
3: it's different than the software.
7: Yeah, okay, the software I, I, itself is worthless without the training database loaded into it, which is which is hundreds of gigabytes or terabytes or in some cases petabytes of information. And so, what they're doing is they're taking all of this information that they're scraping off the internet, and getting from various places, published books and things like this, and feeding it into these models as training information. That's illegal, and it's blatantly illegal. And and. They are getting caught now increasingly. Would you would English. you mind if next week
3: we make Andrew make a note and take this from the top because this is fascinating and we can't
7: do it in 30 seconds. I mean, yeah this uh, this yeah I've of, gone after I I w- this is part of the thing I pointed out at that AI conference when I, I was at, well
3: Carol let me Air help you you're the,
7: you're the only person who, well maybe Kevin that knows any idea what you're talking about here and I I sc- I was yelling about this from the rafters that these lawsuits were impending they were coming they were gonna happen in two weeks later literally two weeks after the conference the first ones start getting filed
3: wow I mean uh, I, I'm as fascinated as this but you're because I don't know anything what you're talking about, and I desperately want to know. So, 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 what do you say? Uh, you either get you on next week for a little bit just to talk about it, or we we talk about it next Friday. Oh, we could. Uh, I've, I've got time. All right, buddy, you take care. Of yourself. Let me know. Yeah. Uh, SP
7: futures up seven. NASA futures down three. Are you
3: shorting Nvidia yet or no? Uh, not
7: yeah, but I'll tell you what. When that one comes down, and and oh, they were giddy at that conference too. They oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. They were an exhibitor, and, and oh, they're going to own the world. And da, 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 Yeah, okay, we'll see. I tell about you that what, part. every one
3: of my clients that owns this stuff, they're giddy.
7: <laughs> well, <laughs> for the time being, yeah. Just uh, you know what? If you own it from way down below, you you got to be loving it. The, I don't. The kiss I of death I heard.
3: The kiss of death I heard even more than your was. I can't sell it because I have to pay too much in taxes. Every time I oh, hear it, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you, no, can't say no. That. You, you can't say that. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, have a good weekend. Thank you, Andrew. SPV's up seven, NASA View's down four. Back on Monday, Stocks and Jacks.
2: Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday, and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays, and call 1-800-821-4968.